Section 18 of Guelphs and Ghibellines by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 13 The Visconti, The Great Schism, Revolution of the Ciampi at Florence. Part 1. In describing the events above narrated, we have omitted the special history of the Visconti family, lords of Milan to this we must now give our attention we have seen how the archbishop of milan giovanni was succeeded by his three nephews matteo galeazzo and bernabo how matteo died and his possessions were divided amongst his brothers for the twenty years during which they were the principal lords of the lombard plain they maintained an almost unceasing war with the tyrants of verona mantua and padua and what is more important with the pope and his legates neither the strength of their rivals nor the violence of ecclesiastical censurers were sufficient to overthrow them and their most brilliant period was yet to come the year thirteen fifty six found them at war with the league headed by the marquis of montferrat and supported by the mercenaries of lando the victory of casorate gave a decisive victory to the visconti the loss of genoa turned the scale in favour of their enemies and their position was rendered worse by the ability of the pope's legate cardinal albonoth at last peace was made in thirteen fifty eight the visconti surrendered asti and novi to montferrat and they were unable to recover pavia this town however came into the possession of galeazzo in the following year the war with the pope still continued the chief struggle being for the possession of bologna this had been occupied as we have seen above by giovanni d'oleggio a relation of the visconti oleggio was persuaded to exchange this for the marquisate of fermo and took possession of bologna for the pope in thirteen sixty the house of visconti received additional splendour by an alliance with the royal house of france john galeazzo son of galeazzo married isabel of valois daughter of king john his wife brought to him as part of her dowry the county of vertu in champagne so that he was called conte di virtu comes virtutum half in honour and half in jest in the following year bernabo made peace with the pope and surrendered all hope of recovering bologna the struggle with the marquis of montferrat for pavia still continued and the marquis as has been mentioned invited the white company of english mercenaries from provence to assist him this proved as great a scourge to the west of lombardy as the hungarians of king louis had shown themselves to the east they also brought the plague with them and seventy-nine thousand inhabitants of milan died of it a story found in the chronicles of this period throws light on the relations between the visconti and the pope in thirteen sixty one envoys were sent to bernabo from innocent the sixth with a papal letter bernabo met the messengers at a bridge over the river lambro bernabo took the letter and read it and with a stern countenance asked whether they would rather eat or drink they looked at the rushing river and said that they would prefer to eat upon which bernabo made them eat up the whole brief parchment silk and leaden seal to wash out this insult innocent the sixth 
in 1362, got together another league comprising the Carrara, della Scala, and Gonzaghi. The contest raged chiefly around Brescia. Pope Urban V, who succeeded to the papal see in the following year, was one of the ambassadors who had been made to eat the brief, and after a fruitless attempt at peace he launched a fresh ban against Bernabo in March 1363. The Visconti struggled stubbornly against tremendous odds, and after several defeats ended by concluding peace on more favourable terms than they could have expected by the mediation of the kings of France and Hungary. The treaty was published on March 3, 1364. Bernabo resigned all claim whatever to Bologna, the rest of his relations to the League remained in statu quo. Galeazzo, on his part, gave up Asti to Montferrat, but retained Pavia, Alba, and Novara. The cessation of external war gave the Visconti leisure to turn their attention to their private affairs. It is almost impossible to imagine the tyranny with which Milan was governed. A decree of Galeazzo's is extant, in which he gave directions for the torturing and killing of his enemies. The process is to last exactly forty-one days. For the first fourteen days they are to be tortured with stripes and nauseous drinks, every alternate day being one of rest, in order to prolong the agony. On the fifteenth day the soles of their feet are to be skinned, and they are to be made to walk on peas. On the nineteenth day they are to ride the wooden horse. On the twenty-third day, one eye is to be taken out. On the twenty-fifth day, the nose is to be cut off. On the thirty-first day, one foot is to be cut off. On the thirty-third, the other. Tortures still more disgusting and revolting follow, till at last, on the forty-first day, they are broken on the wheel. Bernabo was especially fond of boar-hunting and kept five thousand hounds, having erected large kennels in Milan. As there was not room for all of them in this place, many had to be boarded out in the neighborhood. They were inspected once a fortnight by an officer called Ufizzo di Cani. If the dogs were too lean, the keepers of them were punished. If they were too fat, they were punished also. If one of them died, the keeper lost all his property. No one was allowed to keep dogs except Bernabo, and the game laws were enforced with the most terrible penalties. Bernabo gradually became more cruel as he grew older, but the administration of his kingdom shows great ability. We might, as a contrast to these horrors, give an account of the splendor of the feasts and banquets which we find side by side with these incredible horrors. No disgust at the inhumanity of the court and government of the Visconti seems to have prevented them from being accepted as welcome friends to sovereign princes. In 1365, Bernabo married his daughter Verde to Leopold, Duke of Austria. In 1368, Violante de Visconti, daughter of Galeazzo, was married to Lionel, Duke of Clarence, son of Edward III of England. She received the town of Alba for her dowry, and it was there that the Duke of Clarence died. In 1368, at the birth of Valentina, the daughter of John Galeazzo, who afterwards became Duchess of Orléans, festivities which lasted many days were attended by Amadeo of Savoy, Niccolò of Este, and Malatesta of Rimini. It may be asked 
how the visconti managed to obtain such undisputed power in a city which preserved at least the tradition of popular government it was much in the same way that the early emperors of rome consolidated their authority by grasping powers which were in their origin democratic transforming them into a despotism and throwing all other offices into the shade the usual heads of the government in an italian town were the capitano del popolo and the podesta one invested with executive the other with judicial authority the power of one of these magistrates varied inversely with that of the other when party spirit ran high and one party largely predominated the capitano as the head of the victorious party would naturally be supreme being only controlled by the principal members of the party which he led the post of capitano del popolo might be taken by two other officers either the town weary of the perpetual dissensions of party might submit themselves to a signore whose authority was defined by a concordat differing in different cases or the emperor might call into being a claim long dormant but never dead and appoint an imperial vicar when the citizens ceased to fight for themselves and employed mercenaries the hiring of these troops gave opportunity to the signore to amass a large fortune a further step was taken when several towns chose the same signore he was more independent of each of them the property of traders was confiscated for his private purse his conquests were made as much for himself as the towns he ruled over some districts were made entirely subject to military rule a fiscus or private purse of the princes grew up beside the irarium or public treasury of the state thus the popular supremacy was changed into a military despotism still the republican forces did not cease altogether to exist and they were always ready to start into life when the overmastering force which kept them down should be removed we have already related how in thirteen sixty seven urban v returned for a short time to rome and met there the two emperors of the east and the west he also formed a powerful league which was at first directed against the bands of mercenary soldiers the compagnie della ventura who were devastating the land but was afterwards used to crush the visconti the florentines and the della scala refused to join this confederacy the visconti took care to ally themselves with the house of bavaria and the royal house of england and this last alliance secured to them the assistance of john hawkwood the war broke out in thirteen sixty eight and lasted only a few months it was principally concentrated round mantua and was put an end to by the weakness of the emperor charles about this time the union between the two brothers had become weakened galeazzo went to live in pavia while bernabo remained in milan another short war in which the florentines took part with the league broke out in thirteen sixty nine but came to an end in november thirteen seventy the events which led to the restoration of the seat of the papacy to italy wrought a change in the position of the visconti gregory the eleventh began by excommunicating the tyrants of milan as his predecessor had done and found no difficulty in stirring up against them the jealousy and vengeance of their neighbours and rivals but a great alteration took place when florence as has been already related 
put herself at the head of a general rising against the papal power in italy she did not hesitate to call bernabo visconti to her assistance galeazzo had in thirteen seventy five made over the greater part of his dominions to his son john galeazzo the conte di virtu he himself took no part in the anti-papal league but on the contrary made peace with the pope and sent him money gregory being anxious to settle in italy was desirous for peace he arranged a marriage between the marquis of montferrat and violante the widow of the duke of clarence therefore when galeazzo died in thirteen seventy eight he was able to leave his son john galeazzo at peace with all the world we shall return again to the closing years of bernabo who died in thirteen eighty five notwithstanding the inhuman and almost incredible cruelties of galeazzo visconti he was a great patron of literature and the arts he founded the university of pavia in thirteen sixty one he summoned to his side the great teachers of europe and petrarch the poet the incarnation of the highest culture of his time was admitted to an equal footing with the princes of the blood the creation of the certosa of pavia the most beautiful of all carthusian monasteries is a proof of his consummate taste even if it should rather be regarded as a monument to his remorse End of section eighteen